gang, that's Holly. And that's Brooke. And this is the Macabre Cast. And I'm Shahri. And it's episode 40... No. No. 51. 51. Yeah. You know it's better than 50? 51. (laughs) (laughs) I saw one of those... Have you been seeing those memes going around? They're not memes, but like they're like TikTok videos where it's those birthday cakes where they burn the top. Yeah. And... In the burn top, it was like 24 and the 25, 25. Spongebob joke. It yeah. was the best. I love those jokes. Oh my You God. can't beat like it. I've been seeing the like, what do you call it? Like the deep fried version of that where it's like a really pretty looking cake and then they burn it. And then it's like the most cursed thing where it's like a picture of Shrek having sex or something. My favorite <laughs> one that I've seen was like a pretty cake. And then when they burned it open, it was that meme of Elmo, like, in the fire. Oh, Elmo fire is one of my all-time favorites. So, like, the fire was burning, and then coming from out of the fire Elmo. was, like, Elmo. And I was like, yes. he's coming from hell where he, he belongs. Is, he is where risen he from hell. Yeah. I, my One of my best friends in high school, my first crush, mm. my first, like, like real lesbian crush yeah. right um her like greatest fear was tickle me elmo and i still think about it that's fair that's valid that's yeah. so fair <laughs> he is feral he is is bad no one should be laughing that much <laughs> <laughs> want to be tickled so badly that is so true that is so true well on that note on that um note. i'm gonna actually just go ahead and let you all know listeners um, we are not going to be having our regularly scheduled rock, paper, scissors match. Um, because um, the way these episodes work out with release dates, um, Holly's going to go first because she has a nice Black History Month episode topic. Mm-hmm. And one of these episodes is going to be during February and the other one's going to be in March at the beginning. And Brooke's topic is not related to um, Black History Month. And so Brooke's going to go second. But mm-hmm. so, which means, in, so, and we considered having a rigged rock, paper, scissors match, by which I mean I considered having a rigged rock, <laughs> paper, scissors match. No one else really la- it latched on. It was discussed. The, it was discussed. No one else latched on to the that. idea for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> wow, the self deprecation, though. <laughs> we tabled that for whatever reason. It's no big deal. No problem. No worries. It's no big deal. Just no one likes no, my ideas. Yeah, no one likes my ideas. It's no problem. Whatever. I'm not mad or anything. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. That's what it sounds like. I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's good that I. To be clear, you. everybody, I'm doing. I'm doing great. <laughs> Even that sounded so just. I know. It's, your, it's just the way you talk, though. It's like my it's, voice. The to- it's your tone of voice it's just in my general. Voice, yeah. <laughs> um, that all being said, we won't have contenders today. No. But Holly can take it away whenever she wants. I don't think um, we have any corrections from last time. No, but I will say that the um. The reason why I I was thinking about doing a Black History Month topic, but I said last episode that I was going to cover safety coffins. Yes. And then I t- covering safety coffins turned into a more than one episode situation. So mm-hmm. Holly will be covering a Black History Month topic, and then mine will come out the first week of March, starting yeah. a sort of a safety coffin experience. Which it took it, it. I realized halfway through my research that I would have to do a lot of context yeah first <laughs> yeah which i'm very excited about because I'm, me too i'm so excited to i'm so scar ready you. i'm yeah. so ready for my skin to crawl yeah oh it will and i think this will be a good like in between episode mm-hmm. as well between like what we had talked about for the last two episodes mm-hmm. and then these next few that are about the safety coffins also um 
also it's so important for us to cover something yes, for Black History Month. Exactly. I wanted to clarify yeah. that we wanted to do that. Yeah, like, exactly. It intentionally. is like a very, very intentional important. choice. And it's a very important time of year. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And um, because I, of... I'm going to... Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, because of um, the way that our podcast is, in which we have like the macabre cast and we do a lot of macabre topics... Uh, I originally like was thinking about trying to find something that fits that particular theme and then I decided that considering for Pride Month we we had done like it doesn't necessarily have to fit like the macabre cast. I mean we 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 usually like to push the boundaries on that one a little bit because like I mean I think segregation and racism in the u.s is pretty macabre and that's true that i was true. gonna say i was like there's very few things that i can think of that are more macabre than like the issues of the civil rights yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> this Which is like true. movement and i know but, this is like prior to that but still well and i guess like what i wanted to finish saying is that like for pride month and also for black history month I wanted to make sure that we were intentionally choosing things that celebrate, like, joy and, like, celebrate. We want to celebrate it. Like, we want to yeah. give the positive, too. Of, like, I don't want it to be just, like, a trauma episode. Yeah. Um, no. like, as much as we like to talk about dark things, we like to um, highlight things. And mm-hmm. I know a little bit about this topic already because Holly was watching a documentary about it earlier. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going in blind. Yeah. Brooke's going to be our blind one. I feel like usually it's me who knows absolutely nothing. (laughs) And then Brooke's like, oh, I've heard of this before. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. But um, I am really excited for this one. Yeah, I am too. I um... So with all of that as well, uh, so my topic for this week is going to be the life of Reverend Dr. Polly Murray. Okay. Um, and before I even like get started on anything, anything related to this topic, we do need to talk about pronouns um, for this episode yes. because this it, is the only thing I do know. Yeah, because Dr. Polly Murray was definitely, definitely queer. Queer. Yeah, gender queer. Um, but. We've had topics like this in the past as well, where... Yeah, and this one is... Yeah, there there are a lot of different views on whether or not to use, like, she, her pronouns, he, him pronouns, or they, them pronouns, Mm -hmm. all of the above. And so I... The Polly Murray Institute, or Polly Murray Center, actually had an article on their website about it, uh, specifically about pronouns for Polly, and... Mm -hmm. They had said, like, in an honor, in an effort to honor the fact that Polly was genderqueer and, like, while... Very vocally, too. And very, yeah, like, not during, not during their lifetime, but, like, like, yes, during their lifetime, but also, like, a lot of it was in their personal, like, journals and everything like that. Yeah, that's what came out posthumously. Yeah, but they were very, like, very out as much as one can be in the... They were born in 1910. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's also um, a lot to be said about, like, for example, I am currently listening to or reading 
um, in the form of a question, which is um, the memoir of the second, like, consecutive win champion from Jeopardy. Nice. Um, and she's a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing. Everyone, it's, if you have a Spotify like if you have a premium account, it's free to listen to the audiobook nice. and she narrates her own audiobook and it's amazing. And there's a whole section of the book where she talks about how writing the book she had to decide and trans people in general have mm-hmm. to decide when they talk about themselves in the past how they want to refer to themselves because yeah. on one hand they're referring to the identity that they had at the time. Yeah. Which for Amy Schneider was like not she her. Yeah. But then they also still feel that they were always a woman. Yeah. yeah. And so, but that, that wasn't but the how case of how they felt that at that time. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, I run into that a lot with, like, names, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I tend to use my old name a lot when I talk about myself in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's what was accurate at the time. Yeah. But, like, getting back to, like, pa- Polly on mm-hmm. this, I keep mixing her their name up with the Senator Patty Murray. <laughs> I asked Holly like five separate times when she was doing research, like, any relation? And then I found out I was a person of color, and I was like, okay, probably not. Probably yeah. not. I was like, I'm and picturing like, her. And also, like, from the South, and yeah. like, literally across the country. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not related. Yeah. But, um, it's also a pretty, like, common last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, white last name. Yeah. But um, getting back to Polly, um, I feel like the things I'd want... I don't want to steal your thunder on this too much, mm-hmm. but like I feel like I just highlight um, AFAB, genderqueer, um, talked a lot about like feeling like they were a boy born into a woman's body during their lifetime. Yeah, and I will and, get... Yeah, and yeah. like obviously this stuff will come up more, but like mm-hmm. for the pronoun talk, I think Polly said you want to like... Yeah, so... Um, like because they were born in 1910 and the language that we're using today isn't the same language that was being used then and pronouns were not a thing back then. yeah and all of that and um like we don't know how polly would choose to revert refer to themselves now and like polly regularly regularly referred to themselves using she her pronouns and referred to herself as a woman but also described themselves as a, quote, he-she personality. Okay. Um, and the Polly Murray Center honors Polly's legacy and has chosen to refer to Polly using all pronouns okay. as a way to honor that she had a seemingly, like, not fluid relationship with gender necessarily, but had a, like... It was definitely questioning. Yeah, and like gender was always a part of like their identity and their questioning and the way that they interacted with the world, but also the way they interacted with the world was as a woman was different than like maybe what they felt about themselves. So like Yeah. And totally. I think there's a lot of like it comes up a lot, I think, but like they were big on exploring the spectrum that is gender. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and just as a way to honor and, like, honor the fact that Polly was thinking of gender outside of a binary for themselves, and and 
in an effort to honor that using all pronouns for them. Is that gender to yes? Yes. Yes. So I... I think that's a yes. Yeah. So (laughs) throughout this, like, this episode, I will be switching between he, he, him, she, her, and they, them pronouns. Totally. Um, My automatic brain default is to default to they them so if I end up saying they them a lot more than the others I apologize but I will try and keep it like fairly I've been noticing that about Um, myself like a lot yeah and it's definitely like a way that our like queer people's like brains have been altered yeah like the last five years yeah ten years you know oh yeah I like like to joke that I like steal people's genders when I they them them (laughs) True. You're just gathering it all I up. I think, yeah. like, I can't remember the last time. Like, <laughs> Ha-ha, I got your gender. I feel like just with casual conversation, it's just faster sometimes. Yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, they, this, that, whatever. And then I remember, like, I'm, sometimes I'm like, damn, I haven't she heard Holly in, like, a month. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, <laughs> Holly. I know. Sorry, I don't think Hall. I get she heard super often anymore. I don't either. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I will go into my sources like a little bit now before we get into Polly's life. Um, I also like their title is Reverend Dr. Polly Murray for ease of talking about their life throughout all of this. I'm going to predominantly refer to them as Polly. Um, Yeah. And it's P-A-U-L-I. I feel like it's important I was for going people to, ask, to know so how it's spelled. Thank you for mm-hmm. letting me know because you read my mind. I was already like it was on the tip of my tongue. I was yeah. waiting for a moment <laughs> to ask you that. Um, but I actually found out about Dr. Polly Murray from TikTok. Uh, there's the account Yester Queers. Excellent. And it's an account that just goes over like historical queer figures. Love that. And that's originally how I found out about Polly Murray, and I was like hello why have I never heard of this person before Um, yeah that's amazing and I know why because they were black black and and queer so you know in some form under the umbrella of like being trans yeah yeah um so that's originally where I like it's a trans umbrella the trans umbrella oh yeah (laughs) oh my (laughs) but the so that's originally where I heard about them and then they also as brooke you were mentioning the audiobooks on spotify hell yeah their autobiography is public is on spotify if you have the premium you can listen to it for free i'm like halfway through it right now they change um, that pretty often though so just so everybody knows like it's free right now yeah but like like Percy Jackson was on there for like five seconds free and then it was gone and I was sad so yeah just... I'm gonna have to like download it or something yeah but yeah but uh their autobiography is called Song in a Weary Throat um and Ooh, I like that it is really good um I also watched the, we were talking about how we were watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. The documentary is on Amazon Prime right now for, if you have Prime, you can watch it. It's really good. It was made in 2021. They talk to a lot of people, like a lot of Polly's family members who are alive and a lot of people who like worked with him and um, like 
is really good. It's called. And people are just inspired by them too. Yeah, and like students that they had, and yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and uh, so it's called My Name Is Polly Murray. Um, so that a hundred percent recommend to check out. Heck yeah. Um, the Polly Murray Center has like a ton of information about her life and like work and actually is run out of the house that he grew up in um and so like that is also really cool i love that um we love to see it yeah the uh nmaahc website which is a museum uh they also have a like a lot of information about them and about their life so these are all of the sources from like where I got all this information and the autobiography I would highly recommend again I'm not all the way through it yet because I it's long um right but it is really good Uh, um okay good to know and the documentary has like like people did interviews with Polly before before she died and like it has those interviews in it like like camera footage of her like talking you know That's so so cool yeah that was one of my favorite parts is like getting to hear his voice mm-hmm. and like just like seeing her interact and stuff yeah and i feel like with things. history in general especially with the way public school in the united states Mm -hmm. portrays it where everything like you know how they will always show us pictures in black and white of the civil Mm -hmm. rights movement and you're like oh that's a choice yeah Yeah. because it could be colorized colorized photos existed at that time Mm -hmm. but people chose to put it black and white for a reason yep you know and so like things like that like it also just gets sterilized so much where mm -hmm. people are like i i'm not gonna get into all that like but there's so many ways where like like i mean mlk yeah. Okay, Junior right. gets sterilized so much. Oh, well, he's, sure. He, they they always put like Disney just put out a new uh, National Geographic. It's just on Disney Plus. I saw a new Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King documentary series. Mm-hmm. And I bet you anything, they're gonna do the same exact thing that they always yeah. do with the two of them, which is say that Malcolm X was a violent protester. Malcolm X bad. And Luther Martin Luther King good. good because he was a peaceful protester, which isn't true. Yeah. And, and, leave and that's all great. Of, and yeah. leave out all of his like political views, for yeah. example. I also yeah. want to clarify that um, it's a good thing. I didn't want to make it sound like Brooke is not... completely against. No, please don't protesting. don't say something like that on the internet. <laughs> please don't. God, you know what I meant though. Brooke is a fan yeah. of violent protests. Brooke I says am. it has to. Brooke says we it has to bleed before it can change. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it does. That's actually kind of sick. But... That is kind of metal, and that's kind of something I would say. But I just <laughs> wanted to clarify. <laughs> Don't worry, Brooke. You're fine. Um, I don't think anyone's worried about you inciting violence. No, no. I was more concerned that people... What I was pointing out is that they're painted as one was violent and one was peaceful. And just because... There's a label that goes with that of, like, violence is always bad. Peace is always And it's also not true about Martin Luther King. He wasn't just a quote-unquote peaceful protester in the way that people want to paint him that way, and that's a good thing that he wasn't, is what I was trying to clarify. And Malcolm X, too. Like, there's a lot of nuance to that. There's a lot of ways they changed over their lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of... I'd be interested to watch the documentary and see what happened. Yeah, there's a lot of the politics, particularly with MLK, that 
get whitewashed. Yes, um, oh, yeah. it does. Yeah, because yeah, he was he was pretty like communist, wasn't he? A socialist. Yeah. Socialist. socialist. That's yes. The one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, if you want to read more about that letter, letter from the Birmingham yes. jail yes. is really a good. really good one to read and actually learn a little bit about uh, what, he, what he was writing outside of like the few quotes that you see every year you yeah. know yeah. Um, look, look outside of his like I have a dream speech yeah and into like some of his other I mean I feel like even the I have a dream speech if you like actually listen, listen to the is. whole thing yeah. but just that's <laughs> like the only the thing people ever quote oh yeah, yeah. exactly I um, remember like Sorry, last bit of this oh, tangent yeah. is there's a really nice Malcolm X quote too that I feel like people people don't quote Malcolm X enough. No, in my truth. Opinion. Like there's this really beautiful one where it's I forget it's like um darkness cannot dark drive out darkness, only mm-hmm. light can do that. Hate mm-hmm. cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people don't like to point out that that was fucking Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Well, no, cuz it would yeah. ruin their like image their of simple, violence yeah. that they have mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I just got us on a huge tangent as usual, but... I mean, it's a very relevant tangent, especially because, like, Polly Murray's life is completely wrapped up in the civil rights movement, and, like, they had their hands in, like, literally every single... Like, it felt like every single legal precedent case establishing civil rights. I love that. So, uh... (laughs) Seriously. But that's a teaser. <laughs> so <laughs> starting with um, uh, her birth, which Polly Murray, I will note, is not their legal name, um, but I'm not going to use their dead name because... They if, didn't really go by it. No, no. and if you want to find it, you can. I'm not going to do that for you. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, if you want to know someone's dead name that bad, I really want you to sit down and, like, really think, think about, about that. It. Yeah. Okay, anyways, yeah. moving um, on. So, Polly was born on November 20th, 1910, to Agnes Fitz- Fitzgerald Murray and to William Murray in Baltimore. Um, Polly's family was, like, very multiracial. Uh, they were Irish, uh, African-American, and indigenous, Ooh, uh, okay. specifically Cherokee. Um, oh. Yeah, and so this comes up a lot in their autobiography as well, of that, like, they would have these family gatherings, and there would be, like, <laughs> they were talking about it in the autobiography and saying, like, everyone would be getting together, and you would see black people you would see people with red hair and freckles and green eyes you would see people who looked like as white as they could possibly be you Mm -hmm. would see people like from all like every spectrum of color all together in one room yeah um because that's just like how her family was which is Um, fucking cool yeah and how it should be so Mm -hmm. um diversity makes us stronger Mm -hmm. yeah and you know there were the dynamics within that of like certain family members didn't like that the other family members were passing as white and felt like it was uh like a betrayal Mm -hmm. um and you know so there were those tensions as well which i would highly encourage you all to listen to listen or read the autobiography because she goes into it so much better than I ever could, um, particularly being a white woman who does not come from those contexts. Right. Um, 
but yes, so their family, uh, their father was a teacher and their mother was a nurse. Um, they're, they're, I, I keep, I keep wanting to go into like all of these side details about her family members and like the, and his family dynamics and all of that, because I've been listening to the autobiography and I purposefully like cut out a lot of those details because i was like if i do this this episode will be eight years long and we're trying Um, to make a concerted effort coming back (laughs) after our holiday break to be like to be more like concise yes so (laughs) i am not going to go into everything but please go read the autobiography oh my god holly Um, (laughs) so um when when Polly was very young, uh, his dad got typhoid fever. Oh, shit. And either when they were very young or, like, right before they were born. But um, he, their dad wasn't the same after that, after having typhoid you fever. Um, yeah. yeah, he he suffered from depression a lot after that. Like, a lot. Um, Agnes... Uh, Polly's mom Mm -hmm. would sometimes leave William to go stay at her parents' place and then would, like, go back to him because she was worried about his health and, like, Mm -hmm. making sure that he was okay. They definitely had, like, a... Yeah, there was a dynamic going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Relationship And they actually were going to divorce... Oh, shit. At this time, too. uh, Right before Polly was born, but then Polly was born, and so... (laughs) Yeah. Gotta keep the it together w- for the kids. Yeah. That, there's never a worse decision out there than yeah. staying together because you have children together. There's yeah. literally never yeah. a good situation. That's never a good choice. No. I can't think of a single situation where that's gone well. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking from experience. Sorry. I no, also no, have divorced good. parents, too. So, no, yeah. But no, my gender, energy. that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, um, <laughs> Moving on, moving but yes. on. Uh, so in 1914, which would be when Polly is four years old, um, Agnes, uh, her mother, died from a cerebral hemorrhage when she was in her 30s. So That's whoa. super unheard of, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, and it's wild also because Agnes already had six children at this point That's as why. well. Yeah. That's why she... This is why that's... Ha- yeah. Sorry, yeah. let's just all clarify that, like, birth is so... <laughs> so, so traumatic for traumatic. your body. Yeah. And your body is not meant to have... Six children six by the children age of 30. By the age of 30. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um. So, after her death, William, who was still experiencing a lot of depression... Uh, he wasn't able to care for all of the six children himself, and so they all went to live with other relatives. Uh, the five other children went to live with um, one of Polly's aunts, uh, and Polly went to live with another one of the aunts, which is her Aunt Paul- Pauline. Oh, God. Too Who many. Who is a different person. Yeah. Aunt Pauline it was Agnes's sister, um, and so Polly Polly's was, mother's sister. Yeah, Polly's aunt. Yeah, so Paul and Polly was named after Aunt Pauline. Um, I'm just gonna make a comment that 
Shahri sometimes calls Holly Polly. Yeah. As like a meme. And so uh, this is becoming Pilly. Yeah. or Pilly and it's becoming very confusing yeah. for me. It was like I'm was, like having a stroke. Seriously, when I was watching the documentary with Holly, it wasn't until halfway through that I was like, wait, that's a different person, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no. Um so yes, Polly went to go live with her aunt Pauline because Agnes had asked Pauline to take care of Polly okay. should something happen to that her. That makes sense. Like a grandmother um, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, by all accounts, like Polly themselves said that they had a really good life with their Aunt Pauline. Um, their Aunt Pauline cared for them and uh, allowed them to have an opinion and like... Nice be independent and think for herself and like was providing a lot of that space to just like get to be a full person Mm -hmm. um and their aunt pauline actually would remain like very supportive of everything like gender wise as well um throughout polly's life they're like mother yeah like essentially Mm -hmm. you know yeah and her aunt pauline would uh like take was a was a teacher and so aunt pauline would take polly to school with her um and like have polly sit in the classroom like while she taught and everything and so like polly grew up like very in the schools and like learned to read super early um in polly's autobiography they talk a lot about how grateful they were to their aunt pauline for like also always telling them about their parents and um and like being very open with them about who their parents were and like telling telling her all about them and everything and um they they viewed their aunt pauline as another type of mother figure as well so it was like a very close relationship um yeah that's so nice so sweet yeah, and around this time, uh, William Murray, Polly's father, uh, had been institutionalized as well because depression. Right. Um, well, you know, yeah. as one does. But uh, in night. that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of, like, the time, and I'm like, right. No, exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, in 1923, while he was hospitalized at crownsville state hospital he was murdered by a white guard there um uh that i feel like that hit all of a sudden yeah just like uh you know things were like okay until this point you know yeah things were like life i feel like i should trigger warning for this episode (laughs) and i'm realizing that i didn't do that ahead of time and i am sorry for that um racial violence racial violence depression etc 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 body dysmorphia um yes so just i apologize for throwing that out there without doing a trigger warning and i will i meant to put it in my notes at the top to like remember to do that and then i forgot to um but yes uh yeah so that that happened in 1923, and according Whoa. to Polly's autobiography, um, 
William had been beaten to death by the uh, worker who was not trained and was simply at the hospital as like a temporary floating staff member. Great. Um, and William had been beaten with something resembling a metal baseball bat and had died from injuries because of because of this Bodily beating trauma, and yeah. and it was the beating was because of some perceived like rudeness from the like the staff was like you're being rude what um and okay so, so they were it, was just, like, it was just it was just so they were racist yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry it's the classic thing where yeah. it's like i perceived you somebody. mean because i'm actually racist yeah and exactly i've decided that you're mean because you're a black person yeah which is stupid. and you weren't being like you weren't being deferential the, you weren't yeah. fawning to me so you're automatically mean and you now weren't sufficiently I... out of the way and unobtrusive yeah. yeah at a like hospital yeah that you're at for your yes. emotional issues yes like... where you should feel safe yeah so <laughs> sorry my little rage came out there Woo, yeah okay <laughs> Sorry about that, gang. Yeah, I mean, it's a good place for there to be rage. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's coming out all popped around. out there for a second. <laughs> Damn. Um, so this happened in 1923. Uh, I re- Polly would have been 13 at this time. Um, wow. Yeah. That's so young yeah, to so be like, thir- experiencing. And that's her second parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so by 13, both of their parents had died or had died and been murdered. Um, well, you die when you get murdered. Yeah, but it's <laughs> clarifications by Shaki on the podcast. Sorry, it's so funny. <laughs> it's the phrasing. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah, no. Um, not to make too much light of something <laughs> super dark. Yeah, this is again me saying that like our podcast is always like the zillennial mindset is like ha 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 ha. I'm gonna cry now. Uh, I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> And then, like, a dry laugh after the cry. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's the, like, um, laughing a bunch and then the, like, crying laugh. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, in 1926, Polly graduated from high school and received also an additional diploma from Richmond Hills High School so that he could apply to Hunter College. Um, She, again, had grown up in the classroom with Aunt Pauline and, like, Mm-hmm. read everything that they oh, could get their hands my on my favorite basically. kind of like young person like, yeah origin story is like they were obsessed with learning they I'm were like, yes <laughs> they, they were they read like everything um in 1933 polly graduated from hunter college with a degree in english literature and <laughs> i mean yeah and started working same. for the works project admission wpa as a teacher for the new york remedial reading project oh. um this is also if you'll notice 1930s around the time that the great depression was happening wonderful <laughs> um so during the great depression uh I'm so sorry. It just occurred to me that I could start referring to like my darkest year as the my Great Depression, Great Depression and I, I'm now only gonna refer to junior year of college, which as was our year of the Great Depression. The for Great us. Depression. That was our Great Depression. Yeah. It's the start of our Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um. So this was just an okay depression. Oh man. Oh no. That's even worse somehow. I'm having a fantastic depression right now. 
personally. <laughs> Love that for you, Brooke. Love that. <laughs> don't you don't need to brag. Okay, rude. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so this was now we're around the time of the Great Depression. Um, she decided to eventually decided to ride the rails, which a lot of folks did, um, in search of work. And while riding the rails, uh, they the New Deal happened where they were creating like work camps for people so that they could make money and like okay. have work and you right. know that whole thing. That, um, the thirties, yeah, the thirties were thirtying. Yeah, so around the time that that the New Deal came about, Polly started working at a work camp where he met Peggy Holmes. Oh shit. Um, I like this. (laughs) Peggy was a white woman who was the daughter of a conservative banker, and she had been radicalized by the Great Depression and was like... I love one... Don't you love when women... (laughs) Yeah. Period. But also when women (laughs) radicalize. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Polly Polly wrote that they had hoped that... um, her relationship with Peggy would be a like quote unquote normal relationship with Polly as the man and Peggy as the woman but Peggy couldn't see Polly as a man and so they eventually split up as a couple okay um oh was so that means Peggy broke up because Peggy was like I am straight and I don't see like um it's either that or what I was getting from it from the documentary is that Peggy wasn't able to conceptualize Polly as a man in yeah. in yeah. the sense of like Polly wanted to be seen as, as a, a man, man and Peggy could only see them as a woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure what the like but it, energy it, was yeah. that like It was yeah, definitely yeah. implied mm-hmm. that they like had a relationship though. Yeah. 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 It's okay. just like the gender queerness thing was seemed to be what ended up was killing yeah. not them. working out for Penny. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. Not an ally. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So after that, um, after that split up, he would Polly would end up going to Bellevue Hospital because they were dealing with a lot of like emotional turmoil uh, and yeah. um, like having a little bit of a breakdown, which super understandable being gender queer and a black person in the u.s in the 1930s and then also like losing Um, a big ally to your life yeah exactly so like a lot going on and it was also around this time that um he decided to legally change his name to polly okay since that's not his birth name yeah um they were also like at this time actively questioning their gender and trying to figure out um, like what fit for them in their context mm-hmm. and um, they were known to self-present as a man at times as well as a woman at other times okay. and had written that she wondered if they were quote one of nature's experiments a girl who should have been a boy and that phrasing though like yeah. i just fucking love it yeah um 
they would be hospitalized and have like a number of breakdowns during their 20s and 30s, partly because of these struggles that they were facing with their identity Mm -hmm. as a black person and someone who presented femme and questioning their gender identity, facing all of the above. Yeah, facing so much intersectional oppression Mm -hmm. from the world around them at this point as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was that was all going on. (laughs) My phone Uh, just fell on the floor. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. I just watched Uh, it fall off of my lap. I was like, oh, there it goes. Whoops. Um, Apparently at one point, which I only saw this in one source and I haven't gotten to this part in the autobiography yet. So I'm. I wouldn't take this as fact, maybe. Sure. But um, at one point, they were apparently married to a man um, and wrote, quote, why is it that when a man makes love to me, something in me tries to fight? Um, Yeah. Uh, One thing to note on this particular thing as well about, like, their romantic relationships with people is that while... Polly did end up having relationships with women. Uh, he didn't like the term lesbian for himself mm-hmm. because she had some negative stereotypes around the word. And That's in, super fair. Yeah. And in, That's still a problem now. Exactly. Yeah. And also, they, they viewed it more as that, that he was he was being a man himself mm-hmm. and was attracted to women who saw and who were attracted to his masculinity in the way that he presented it exactly which is like super valid yeah and so so they're like as we're like talking about their romantic relationships and everything i do want to like have that in there as like a like for themselves they didn't like the term lesbian it wasn't what fit for them and I want to honor that yeah um I also feel like there is so much writing on the way a word has been used historically around you and like even for me when I like decided to start using that as an identifier for myself mm -hmm. like I had a whole conversation with my mom about that where she was like my mom and this was coming my mom is like so supportive and this yeah. was coming from a good place i know you know this no just to clarify for, anybody for listeners listening. yeah um but my mom was like i have a hard time with that word because mm-hmm. when my mom was like in high school that was like a dirty word yeah. where she grew up and so i understand like the hesitancy where that's coming from. yeah because like i mean you think about how the word gay was used when we were kids we've reclaimed yeah. that but like but the F slur hasn't been reclaimed yet, and I still remember when people threw that around like it was candy. Yeah, yeah, I still know people who throw it around like yeah. it's candy, and it makes me incredibly angry. I, I heard <laughs> someone say that word for the first time like the other day. <laughs> yeah, it was someone who was queer who was saying it in a like, I don't know what context would you say you were there. Yeah, in like a ironic way. Yeah, like someone. I think it this was, was like, our friend who was saying it in an ironic way, pointing out that it's like a yes. queer person saying the word, right? Yeah, and it was but, like not malicious in any way. No, and, like, and all of us in the room who are all queer were like, yeah, afterwards, and they were like, oops, yeah, that one was a little rough. Yeah, <laughs> like we're still not, yeah, quite there yet with some of and these like, things. And like, literally, not a single straight person in the room. No, like, like, 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, like, I get that. Yeah, for sure. Um, in 1937, actually, Polly decided to seek medical treatments uh, that would help, like, met- gender-affirming medical treatments. Okay. Um, which included them writing letters to a bunch of different doctors asking for them to give testosterone <gasps> wow um and seeking hormone therapy yeah. um they also they wrote to doctors and thought that they might be intersex um after they actually he was able to get a lot of doctors not a lot but he was able to get a doctor to do exploratory surgery interesting um that's so scary yeah and found especially like, as a black person at yeah that time. yeah um i wouldn't i don't know how any person of color trusted doctors back then no. or even now that's why they don't <laughs> i feel like we need to do like an episode on um eugenics yeah eugenics just yeah. generally um oh, God. but that that is a macabre topic that. uh that yeah. is it right there, folks. Yeah. Um, that is it. But the the doctor wasn't able, like, they were like, you're not intersex. Like, you do have an inflamed appendix. Um, and they, <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. <laughs> they took out their appendix. But uh, am, uh, I, am I gay? <laughs> or do I just have an inflamed appendix? <laughs> the question of the sensory. <laughs> am I? Again? Yeah. Sorry, I love I love that Kate McKinnon voice. Yeah. Oh, again. <laughs> but yeah, so now they they took out their appendix. Um, they still queer after that too. Yeah. Damn it. Still <laughs> queer after that. Um, the rest of the treatments that they were seeking and any sort of gender affirming treatment uh, were all denied by medical professionals, and they eventually Sad. like he eventually just stopped looking for solutions from the I mean, medical personnel. I understand um, that too. Yeah. And actually a lot of their writings about like their gender identity mm-hmm. ended up uh kind of stopping after this time as well. Um so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you feel defeated, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, cuz having all of that and also like Peggy being like no, I can't see you in that way like right. It just is a lot. Um, yeah. In 1938, uh, Polly applied to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, they were rejected from the university because they were okay. black. Um, they did a... <laughs> they did take the case to the NAACP, who supported Polly's challenge to the school and to the and the challenge against like segregation and trying to desegregate the school yeah but the NAACP ended up choosing to not take the case um some people like some articles that I read wondered if it was partly because of Polly's gender identity and the fact that like Polly was like had had relationships with women and if, how that would like how that would look for the yes. case and everything um however Polly did not just like give up on that um Polly did a letter writing campaign against the university and their segregation policies um 
Okay. Which ended up receiving national publicity. Oh, shit. And during that campaign, Polly also started a friendship and correspondence with Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, shit. Because Polly had written Eleanor Roosevelt a letter directly about the, about the University of North Carolina, and Eleanor Roosevelt responded, and they began a lifelong friendship. Okay. That's gay. Yeah. Well, actually, the the documentary specified that they had no romantic relationship. It was just a friendship. I'm just saying. Um. (laughs) It's gay to have friends. (laughs) It's funny because when we were watching the documentary, Shahi was like, why would they even need to clarify that it's not a romantic relationship? And now you're like gay. And I'm like, this is why. Brooke is why they had to clarify. (laughs) It's just because anytime any woman breathes, I'm like... (laughs) I'm like sweating. <laughs> They're gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm just saying that sapphic is as sapphic does, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being a goof, is what I'm being. But yes, so they, Polly so had cool. a like incredibly close friendship with Eleanor Roosevelt. What a weird, how odd. Yeah. I don't know. Just like, I yeah, know. I guess, um, in the documentary, they were talking about how Eleanor Roosevelt also was orphaned and, like, was was familiar with, like, the oppressions against women. And, like, right. while Eleanor Roosevelt was a white woman and couldn't begin to understand, like, the experiences that Polly had, um, like, they did... They did get along remarkably well, and That's so cool. they like felt like they understood each other on some level. That's um, nice. Yeah. So and like, like Polly and Polly's family like went to Eleanor Roosevelt's house. Like it. Like it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I keep, I, I keep thinking this giant ball of yarn is like my cat. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> it's not my cat. Um. Also, uh, in 1940. Uh, Polly was hired to raise money and advocate for a man named Odell Waller, who was a sharecropper, a black sharecropper, accused of murdering his white landlord. Damn. Um, he was convicted by white citizens who had been able to pay a poll tax, which allowed them to be part of the jury and justice process. Okay. And I say justice loosely yeah i was gonna say i was um, like yeah uh and this poll tax meant that black and low-income folks weren't able to take part in the trials at all and this case and the general like the injustice that surrounded it is actually one of the things that polly uh references as being part of what motivated them to become a human rights lawyer so i was just like yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You, you, we are like moving through this quickly you, because you hit that so hard. I know. Well, so I'm moving through this really quickly, even though all of these things are could be their own topics. Relevant separately. Because their life contains so many yeah, things. I guess I had and so I, I knew <laughs> I knew you were getting there, but I was like, yeah, so their life and we're going yeah. and this is fine and everything and I was just shooting Sandra a text that we we're yeah. gonna be a little bit late. And then you were like, and the civil rights lawyer and I was like, oh my what? God, I totally forgot that that was like a whole other <laughs> yeah. part about this. Sorry. Yeah. So we are now getting from here on basically, we are getting into 
the entire way the way that their philosophies and his writings and views and specifically like yeah. view on intersectionality and the mm-hmm. need for it have completely shaped everything we know today mm-hmm. about the uh about civil rights and about yeah our justice system um, we never hear about the voices who build the precedent for things like this yeah well in this way we're you know about I mean? to get a little angry about why we haven't heard about them oh, as well i mean because, i was already mad but thank you because later yeah but um so in 1941, they decided to start at Howard, Howard Law School, where they were the only non-cisgender man in their entire class. Oh my god, that would be so scary. Yes. And they what were, about? at this time, being perceived as a woman as well. So, love that. Um, that is so stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, while at Howard, the first year, she actually wasn't allowed to talk in classes or answer questions in classes because she was viewed as a woman. Uh, um, okay. Then, uh, I mean, who cares what woman thinks? Yeah, <laughs> just like Shari coming back, coming yeah. back. Who cares what woman think? <laughs> I remember this part from the documentary. Yeah. Too. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, but then the badass that they were they um they got the top marks for their first year oh, what and a bad bitch. yeah and they were non-gendered bitch yeah and so then the second year that they were at howard law uh she was allowed to talk in class now oh um, shit <laughs> I like how they were like, you're not allowed to talk in class. And, and they were like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I dare you to try to keep yeah. me silent. Try to silence me. Yeah. Fucking try and, me. And that actually is like kind of the attitude that they had throughout their life is like, I dare you to try to make me be quiet about this. Um, try to binary me. Yeah. I dare you. Yeah. Which like absolutely <laughs> iconic. Yeah. Um, Ugh. The gays it's, be gaying. It's actually around the queers this. T- be queering. Yeah. Sorry. It's actually around this time when they were in Howard Law School that they coined the term Jane Crow oh. as a way to talk about intersectionality and the specific oppression that black women faced. Um, and if you don't know about what Jim Crow laws are, mm-hmm. which. Read a fucking book. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm pretty sure most people do however Most i do know we have listeners outside of the u.s that is so, so true hey everyone who's listening in fucking norway can you send us a message because yeah, i have thank so you. many questions i keep you seeing you email us in fact yes you can email us at gmail.com, please send them a message. i have so many questions yeah. i want to know who you are and, and how much you're enjoying it because you keep listening to our episodes yeah. i see yeah. you i know you're there we we check our statistics like regularly <laughs> We're a bunch of nerds. Yeah. But um, but for folks who maybe do not know or are outside of the U.S. context on things and possibly don't get the same type of information, uh, Jim Crow laws are laws predominantly in the South um, that were specifically against black people and people of color in the U.S. as a way to, like... Discriminate them, discriminate against them, limit their rights. Yes. Um, institu- institutionalized segregation. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. A very concise way to say that. I was gonna go on a really long tangent. That sounds like you. And- <laughs> yeah. Get wrecked. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so Polly coined the term Jane Crow to talk about that specific like experience that. of being a black woman. I really like yeah. that. That's cool. Um, because I because like there's a lot of that of like people just say that the black experience is like such a sim- simple and like one size fits all thing. And that's mm-hmm. also based like our historical context for that is based in a like AMAB mm-hmm. context because that's typically the first voice to be yeah. heard. And so we weren't hearing women's voices. Yeah. Um or queer people's voices. Yeah. Or non women mm-hmm. people's women people. Non women's voices. <laughs> yeah. And also around this time, um Polly participated in a a couple different sit-ins to desegregate spaces around the university and they were successful they they like the sit-ins resulted in like businesses being desegregated which phenomenal um at Mm -hmm. one point during Polly's education he wrote a paper on the legal strategy that would be needed to overturn the the ruling that created the separate but equal mentality of like which is the court case Plessy v Ferguson Mm. um which established the separate but equal laws of like we can we have two separate places one for white people one for people of color and it it set the precedent that like as long as they're quote-unquote equal it's not illegal it's the whole like that same drawing that everybody gives in college to explain equality versus equity and it's oh, like if you yeah. give everyone the same size step stool that's not going to help everyone yeah. see mm. over the fence because not everybody is approaching the fence from the same perspective yeah um so they wrote a paper on the legal strategy needed to overturn Plessy v Ferguson and <laughs> And Polly made a bet with her professor that oh, within shit. 25, a $10 bet with their professor. Ten bucks. Back then's a lot. Yeah. yeah. That within 25 years, the ruling of Plessy v. Ferguson would be overturned. Sick. The ruling was overturned exactly 10 years yes. later in 1954 with the case Brown v. Board of Education. Oh. And uh, by Thurgood Marshall, right? Yeah, by yep. Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. And it's like landmark case establishing that the the ruling like of Plessy v. Ferguson, mm-hmm. separate but equal, is unconstitutional. Um, and Polly's her strategy that she wrote in that paper was actually given to Thurgood Marshall's team by the professor, and their team, his team, used that strategy in the court case to win so the case. Brown v. Cool. Board of Education, mm-hmm. which. Mean- Thanks to her. Yeah. Thanks and to like, him. Thanks to them. Do we, like, nev- we never hear Polly Of course not. Um, I've <laughs> literally never heard of this before. Yeah. And sadly, even like Marshall. Surprised, Marshall. Yeah. yeah. Marshall, surprising number of people don't even know who that yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because even when you said that, like, I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. Same, honestly. But then, like, you said it, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not. But I also went to a shitty high school. Yeah. Uh, me too. Um, I mean, the only reason I know who he is, and I went to a, like, good high school in the fucking capital of our state, um, <laughs> was in college because one of the, like, places on the campus was named after him. Oh, shit. And that's the only fucking reason I know. 
And even then, I didn't even remember what he did. I just knew that he did know the legal name. stuff. Yeah. He did the things. He did with... the legal things, then he existed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wild. Like... That's so sad that we never hear the yeah story behind the story, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Also, just the, like, I know it'll come up more, only more, but, like, yes. the sheer amount that, that they had, like, like their fingers involved in everything. Literally so speak, everything. Like literally They're fucking cool. everything. Which tiny stubby fingerprints. I'm gonna need to like go quick through the rest of this if we're gonna get through it at all. But yeah, sorry. yeah don't want to sidetrack you too hard. Um, so then in 1944, Polly graduated from Howard Howard Law first in their class which came with a fellowship that normally would automatically allow them to attend harvard for a graduate program Mm -hmm. however Mm -hmm. when they tried to apply to harvard law school they were uh rejected because they were not the correct sex in order to attend the university um Uh, harvard fuck you yeah they actually they actually had President Roosevelt write them a letter to Harvard Law School to help them get in, and Harvard Law still rejected them. What a bitch! Yeah, at Harvard. Yeah, they... at Harvard, you're a bitch. <laughs> True. Polly, he decided to go to instead University of California's Bolt Hall Law School for a graduate degree at Berkeley, right? Um. Burt Hall? Yeah. Yeah, at yeah. Berkeley. Um, Sorry, University of California is just such a blanket thing. Like, technically, I went to there's University There's so of many yeah. UCs. Yeah. yeah, I don't. And so I was just making sure. Yeah, at Berkeley, yes. Okay. Um, in 1945, Polly received her master's in law degree from UC Berkeley and passed the California State Bar exam as well. Better off that um, he went to Berkeley yeah. than yeah. going to Stanford. Harvard. Harvard, Harvard yeah, right. getting all those snooty white people. Yeah, fuck those guys yeah. anyways. Seriously. Yeah. Um, in 1947, uh, she received an award for their work with the law against racial and gender discrimination. Um, in 1948, they ran for New York City Council. Uh, they did not win the race, but they did run, which is, like, wild. Um, in 1956, Polly was also the first non-cisgender man hired by the law firm Pal Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison. Um, This is also after they had been doing their own law practice a bit, but it wasn't making very much money. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it would be easy to be... It's a hard field to be in. Yeah. Because that's also, like, when you're a lawyer, like, you, your face is, like, a part yeah you your body and your your physical self is a yeah your brand yeah Yeah. well and they and like no one's gonna take you fucking seriously at that time if you're a woman of color yeah exactly you present as a woman of color in the documentary actually they one of the their first cases they walked into the courtroom and they were identified by the um the opposing counsel as the sex worker involved in the case instead of the attorney because they presented as a black woman and that was the assumption yeah 
because so, if they're a black woman and they're in a court, then they then just they must, must be. be. Yeah. There because they're the one who did the, the crime. Bad they, yeah. They did the bad stuff. Yeah. The so they did stuff. the sex <laughs> without the ring first <laughs> and the daddy Jesus saying yes first. Oh no. Oh, I was stuck on the people of color even having sex. True. Why are they reproducing? Because at this time they would be like, um, we don't want babies from you. Yeah. Listen to our tax episode. Jesus. <laughs> I like when we get better. Oh. I love when we get bitter. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. However, now they are working at this law firm. They are the first non-cisgender man hired by the firm, though. Um, However, while they were working there, he met her partner, Irene Barlow. Oh. Kissing Kate Barlow? Yeah. Who was referred who was working at the office as the office manager and like they really hit it off and while they like didn't live together really ever in their lifetime they would stay together like till the end of Irene's life oh that's so Um, nice yeah also, that was a Holes reference. I know. <laughs> I had no fuck. I was just sitting yeah, there like, Yeah, Shahri was, like, very confused. But when anyone says I'm Barlow, I'm like, uh, yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, in kills. around 1959, I believe. I forgot to write the exact date. But um, also, trigger warning again for racial violence. Um Thank you. Why did you say it in that tone of voice? She was being gentle. I was being gentle. No, it was the way you like... (laughs) 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 In 1959, Mac Parker was uh, lynched by a mob. He was accused of raping a white woman. And um, after this happened, it was essentially like the final straw for Polly. I mean um, at this point. <laughs> and like, like things have been working like it seemed like people have been making progress. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this happened and she was like I don't want to be in the US anymore. Um, um, and so in 1960 Polly moved to Ghana and worked as the senior oh. lecturer at Ghana School of Law. Cool. Yeah. However Oh. While they were there, <laughs> the you keep like getting I my hopes up and then breaking and then, my heart. However, um, yeah, you bitch. Uh, that's history, though. Sadly, that is so real. Yeah. While they were there, the um, the leader of Ghana was like being a dictator. He was showing dictatorial intent. Yeah. yeah um, and they the government started investigating Polly for their teachings because it was too focused on like civil rights and freedom and like freedom of speech and they were like um we don't like that yeah and so whoa 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 having a voice (laughs) yeah so she decided to move back to the u.s after that um (laughs) i I remember there's also a, a cool quote in there of like um she realized that she they realized they're like a product of the west mm Mm-hmm. And they felt like, and they felt the pride of like, I am American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get to like claim that. Yeah. Personally, that's something I've always that's struggled a lot with really, in my life. Yeah. yeah, of like just be 
just because I look different doesn't mean I'm not, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you perceive me yeah. as not, because I don't fulfill your, like, checklist of what an American looks like, a.k.a. Yeah. white, yeah. then, like, just because I don't fulfill that doesn't mean that I can't also be, like, an American, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought that was a cool detail. Yeah, yeah like for that. sure. Um, yeah, so, yes, so he did return to the U.S. after that. Um, in 1961, JFK actually appointed Polly to the Commission on the Status of Women Committee on Civil Right, Civil and Political Rights. Um, they worked with civil rights leaders such as Philip Randolph, Bayard Rustin, oh. and Martin Luther King Jr. Oh shit! Um, they had the connections. Yeah, I mean they knew Eleanor Roosevelt. While she was working with these leaders, uh, they were also very critical of the way that women were being left out of the movement oh nice and wrote yeah and wrote to randolph saying that she had quote been increasingly perturbed over the blatant disparity between the major role which black women have played and are playing in the crucial grassroots levels of our struggle and the minor role of leadership they have been assigned in the national policy making decisions hell yeah which like is still a conversation that is going on today of like black women did a lot of these grassroots movements mm-hmm. and all of the work mm-hmm. and like they are being left out of the choices and left and out left of out the of narrative the and yeah too. like the credit for the hard fucking work they did you yeah know? and like not really especially with the time i feel like everything was like at most for black men yeah and like yeah i mean they weren't let's they all weren't even in face the conversation. it like the civil rights movement that we know and were taught was like essentially like yeah. bl- black men wanting rights for themselves mm-hmm. which is just a part of the process yeah. unfortunately well and yeah. even in the documentary they were saying like like one person one woman on there was saying she was like i was like there during the civil rights movement i was fighting for this as well like the the first thing on everyone's mind was like how do we as black people like not face all of this oppression and she was like even I like didn't even really think about the fact that like I as a woman should also be fighting against the oppression of that I'm facing as a woman too um and so like intersectionally and not yeah yeah so like like, exactly um so like but Polly was like largely pushing for intersectional like conversations Mm -hmm. and a lot of that people are have talked about like because they were on the border of all of these different identities Mm -hmm. they were they were their understanding of the world was and their approach to to civil rights was being viewed through that lens of like this has to be intersectional because like because they're so acutely aware of it yeah exactly yeah because they are able to embody both sides of the argument in that mm-hmm. way almost you it's know? a very unique perspective mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a very unique perspective yeah i also think like this episode just shouting it out there to all the idiots that say it's too hard to use more than one pronoun i know we've been doing it like all <laughs> episode and it is not a problem no, fam. i feel like, like we're being not... pretty clear about like who we're talking about when yeah. and 
I just wanted to just shout that out there for the people listening to the pod that maybe think that that's a little bit harder than it actually is because it's actually really not that hard once Mm -hmm. you just put a little bit of brain power out there. Yeah. Um, Brain power out there, you know, for the good of other people instead of brain power out there for yourself only. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm yes. bitter today, apparently. Yeah, we're, we're in bitter mode. Sorry. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> you're you're you guys. valid, Brooke. Yeah. Yes. So in 1964, when the Civil Rights Act is passed, um, Polly Murray also had a hand in the Civil Rights Act. Of course. Um, she pushed for the inclusion of sex being part of the protected classes under the Civil Rights Act. And it is largely because of that influence that it was included. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, In 1965, uh, Polly was the first African-American to receive a JSD from Yale. Um, Wow. Yeah. What's a JSD? Uh, It's like a legal thing? Yeah, it's like, it's a law. Um, Certification. Certification, yeah. Yeah. Polly Murray was also involved in the following landmark legal cases. Oh, shit. Here um, we go. He was the co-counsel in White v. Crook, which eliminated sex and race discrimination when selecting a jury. Uh, okay, nice. Yeah. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg credited Polly Murray in her amicus brief for Reed v. Reed, I also... which is... No, go which is the first time the Supreme Court would rule that discrimination on the basis of sex was unconstitutional under the 14th Amendment. And That's amazing. Yeah, and Polly was listed as an honorary co-author, and Polly's works were credited by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, all I was going to say is, RGB would. Yeah. Know? Well, or, apparently... RBG, sorry. I always yeah. get... I always Roy G. Biv them. I know. My Ruth bad. Bader Ginsburg apparently, like... like a, she also showed up in the documentary, like talking yeah. about Pat there, Polly Murray. Um, There's a nice little like, um, vo- like, quote, like, uh, voiceover, voice recording, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, of her talking about it, and I thought that was like the sheer number of people that you've yeah. heard of in this stuff that Polly w- interacted with yeah. is just baffling. Well, and me. even like Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the documentary was saying like the the work that I was doing. And the work that, like, we were doing for for this case, like, she she said it wasn't new work. Polly had already done this work years before. We were just building on it. And that is such an important distinction to make. Yeah. And I feel like we're entering a world where, like, credit is becoming more and more important or, yeah. like, argued for. And I just feel mm-hmm. like, ugh, like, that, take take a page out of... yeah. Roy G. Biv's book. <laughs> I, can, I don't know why. I can't say RBG. I always say, R, I always say well, RGB. If it makes you feel better, I like to do RGB because I like to call her Ruth Gator Binsberg. <laughs> well, for me, I, I think it's because I'm like picturing the RGB chords. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, it's an RBG like this or that or whatever. And then I'm like, fucking, I keep Roy, Roy G. Biving. Ruth Bader this Ginsburg. queen of like culture and I'm out here like yeah. Roy G. Well, and also like Idiot. as we're talking about it I Whoa, like joking we do also we do also need to like address and recognize that the fact that like Polly Murray's impact and the fact that like Ruth Bader Ginsburg ha- like actually referenced and like credited 
Polly Murray on that amicus brief, and yet still that is not talked about yes, in exactly in history. And when we talk about this case, mm-hmm. that in and of itself, a crime is it's racism. It's racism, yeah. and it's erasure of it's erasure of black queer people in history, yeah. and, and like. And I think it's that thing too of like yeah. yeah, and I think it's that thing too of like specifically like excellence almost like yeah. that in ter- in like people of color but especially queer people of color or just yeah. not mask people of color mm-hmm. nobody wants to acknowledge it people no. are like whoa 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 we just got around to white woman doing things yeah we're not ready true. for that yeah true we've only had like 40 years of that we- <laughs> We've only had 40 years to get ready for white women to, like, actually do shit. Yeah. For us. We're not and, ready like, for people of color, it. too. Yeah. And the queers? Oh, the, my God. The world's just not ready for that. Do you mean, you know, like, when yeah. like, yes. people say that? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Get ready, the then. World, get exactly. ready. Exactly. You know what I have to say to people who say that? Just die already. <laughs> if you if you don't think you're ready for it, there's an option to The leave. world isn't ready for you. <laughs> The world's done with you. Yeah, <laughs> the world has the world has moved on. Yeah, you exactly. should too. Wink, wink. Um, Polly, <laughs> he was also a member of the following organizations. Oh God, on top I'm ready. of that as well. Um, I'm gonna try to. They were no. on the board of directors for the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union. Amazing. Where they were also trying to push the ACLU to think more about sex-based discrimination and be more intersectional. And they wanted to invite Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the board of the ACLU and, like, pushed for that. Um, Yeah. Polly's out here knowing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, being friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, working with MLK Jr., like, with Baird Rustin. Out here slaying. Out here slaying. Um, (laughs) So they also co-founded the National Organization for Women, now which is still an organization and is a very big organization they co-founded it with betty Friedan and about 30 other women um uh, yeah she eventually an icon. she eventually left the now because it wasn't representative of black and working class women um which is a which was a common uh issue in the feminist movement of that time where like white feminism was largely excluding women of color and women of like lower classes as Mm -hmm. well and like like he said okay i'm out um yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not about this don't want to be part of it yeah yeah uh, they were also vice president of Benedict College in Columbia, South Carolina. They were made a tenured professor professor of law and politics at Brandeis University after demanding it from the university. <laughs> I mean, and facing a bit of a battle because they were uh, the university was like, mm, I don't think you're qualified, mm-hmm. and they were like. What about these legal precedents? I just says sorry. Unqualified. Can we talk about the deja vu of this entire episode of, yeah. of you being like they had all these credentials and then they tried to do this thing and then the yeah. people were like you no. can't do that <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. they were like here are my credentials yeah. like how many times are we gonna do this in history? Forever. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, um, can I take a nap too. now? <laughs> Seriously, like <laughs> and sadly, like being a person of color at that time, you kind of have to fight for everything. Yeah, I mean. That hasn't changed. Or a queer it's person, slightly like it's better. Just, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but or you have to like present. Presenting too, but yeah. Yeah, 
you have to like present your qualifications in order to even be considered well like yeah. even say like you come out to someone and and the first thing they ask you like when i came out to I'm sorry, mom. When I came out to my parents the first mm. time, they were like, well, have you been with a woman? And I was like, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I, then I taught her that and then they were educated and things got better. But yeah. like, you know. No, when I like came out to my parents, like one of one of the f- biggest questions they had for me as being ace is, well, well, you're ace, but are you sure? Because like, have you even had sex? Or like, have you, even tried you just it? haven't met the right person yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. So like Holly, Holly, yeah. Holly felt that one. Uh, I have had nu- a number of people ask me that of like, well, but are you sure that like if you meet the right, like, are you sure that it's not just like you haven't met the right person? Yeah. Or like if you meet the right person, do you think that will change? Like everyone's um, always like, oh, well, you'll have sex when you meet the right person. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, also, no, like, also just erasing the idea that ace people do have sex. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Thank you. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were getting yeah. there. We were getting there. Um, anyways, back to Polly. Um, Always. While Polly was an amazing individual, uh, he was also a bit set in their ways, though, I mean, at this yeah. point, because they were, like, in their 60s. Um, Polly didn't like referring to people as black and instead would use an older term, which I'm not going to say on yes. the podcast, um, and just in general. Uh, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> yeah. And if anyone's going to say it, it's not any of us. Nope. Yeah. Uh, that Definitely is, not any, that coming out of any of our mouths. never cross my lips. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nope. So that, and a lot of the students at that time who were involved in, like, the Black Power movement and, like, um, like civil rights movements of that time period, they were very like I don't feel like you should be using that word but Polly was like nope this is what makes me feel empowered and good and so I'm going to use it um I not to bring up um Amy Schneider's book again mm. but they actually had a whole chapter where they discussed that and how they refer to themselves Mm -hmm. um using like what used to be I, I don't know if I don't think they even called it, like, that it used to be a slur, but that it was, like, a derogatory term Mm. um, for trans people, but they feel the most, um, like, represented by it Mm -hmm. because they're, like, it still means the same thing as it did then. It's just that I think that it means a good thing. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. But I have a hard time with that, but I can see how that... Like, I understand it. I... But that's also, like... People our age refer to themselves as queer, and there are a lot of like people elder who do not gay like people that. Who, who are not okay with that. Yeah, and I think it's just a which sign is of, like time and and that change. is very similar to the attitude that Polly had about this language mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. That's a really good example of it mm-hmm. of Polly being like, "No, why would you call yourself that? It's demeaning." Exactly. Um and. The students were like, why would you call yourself that? That's demeaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly. so it was, so that is the only thing is that some students were like, eh, she was a little set in her ways, but also like, if you know who they are and everything yeah. that they have done in their right. life, that one thing doesn't, isn't an issue you yeah. know like yeah yeah so it's all about perspective exactly. it's the thing of, like if saying. anyone gets to use that term they do exactly yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 
Um, Just because someone calls themselves something doesn't mean that you should, but they should be allowed to call themselves what whatever. They prefer. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they were 62 in 1973, her partner Irene Barlow died um, from breast cancer, mm-hmm. and. Please watch the documentary as well because it has the most beautiful and adorable like letters that they wrote back and forth to each other. Like one of them was like, I'm getting ready to do the New York Times crossword puzzle. I wish you were here with me. Like that sort of thing. And and, like they would sign off as like 007 or like like they had like little nicknames. Cute. And like like one of them was like Dear Charlie Brown and the other one was Dear Linus. And like like it just was like and they were like never married. They never really lived together, but they were essentially like like Polly described Irene, who uh, he called Rini. Um, oh. Polly described Rini as the love of his life, Ugh. and like went into a bit of a downward spiral after losing I mean, her. Um, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, and like if you lost me, I would. Excuse uh, me. I know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> I couldn't help myself because I was going to say Shahri and then yeah. I was like, what about me? What about me? <laughs> um, so after Irene after or Irene's death, um, Polly decided to search for like, they, they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their last years, you know, and like mm-hmm. generally dealing with that loss and trying to figure things out. They decided to quit teaching and go to seminary for the Episcopal Church. Um, they started seminary in 1973, which was well before the church had approved women to be ordained. And oh. they were also a part of fighting that fight. Um, uh, and <laughs> it, it, just when you get to the epilogue part, Holly, and then you're like, and then they did this. And then they did this, yeah. <laughs> um, on December 8th, 1977, they became they became the first black woman or person perceived as a woman. Um, to be ordained by the Protestant Episcopal Church. Um, He accepted Eucharist for the first time on February 13th, and it was, and he accepted Eucharist in the exact same church that their grandmother had been baptized in while she was enslaved. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy, that like. Yeah. Long, long punch. Yeah. Um, on July 1st, 1985, Polly Murray died of cancer. Um, in 2012, after their death, Polly was given sainthood by the Episcopal Church. Holy shit. Their impact doesn't end there Uh. either. Holly, I'm. Did you see me take off my sweatshirt? Yeah, I'm sweaty. Yeah. So their impact doesn't end there. On June fifteenth, twenty twenty, the Supreme Court ruled that discrimination in the workplace on the basis of gender and sexual orientation was unconstitutional, largely because of the word "sex" included in the Civil Rights Act that Polly had fought for. <sighs> Just a slow clap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Increasing to like a an applause. I feel like Polly also just was very ahead on a lot of things like that of like yes. I yeah. know where this is going. Yeah. And yeah. I know what's she was be like important. she was setting up Everything. the building blocks that yes. we need mm-hmm. for what we have now that we're trying to keep. And Polly wrote so much. There's all of 
all of her writings are held in the oh, I forget the name of the library, but it's like the Schlinger Har- or Schellinger. It starts with an S C H and it's at Harvard. Yeah, library. And um it's like boxes of like letters and boxes I yeah remember. like letters and notes and books and writings oh, and everything and um even like journals yeah journals and he published many important written works including an article about the harlem race riot i am not naming the article because the article's name is not appropriate for me to say as a white woman um, right but if you look it up and look up polly murray with the Harlem Race Riot article, it will come mm-hmm. up. Um, their poem, Dark Testament, which was a famous poem, um, states laws on race and color. Thurgood Marshall referred to that book as the Bible for civil rights litigators. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, Proud Shoes, which is their autobiography of their, or their biography of their family and struggles with racism. Song in a Weary Throat, An American Pilgrimage, oh my gosh. which is their autobiography that was posthumously published. Um, they also co-authored Jane Crow and the Law, Sex Discrimination in Title VII, and they wrote a dissertation for Yale titled Roots of the Racial Crisis, Prologue to Policy, <gasps> among many other published works, including a book of poems. That's and amazing. short stories. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so much content and ideas and perspectives that we were robbed of. Yes. Historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like. Holly put down her phone aggressively. <laughs> how you know. Yeah. As soon as I like. I got like one toe into the research and i was like this is gonna be a really long episode and i'm so sorry but um but yes i got like one little bit into this research and realized how much was there and also like how incredibly angry and sad i am that this isn't like i am sure that that this history is not new to a lot of people and that a lot of people particularly within the black community probably know Polly Murray's name yeah and I am in in a similar way that that like there is a lot of black history that people outside of the black community don't get taught in school Mm -hmm. and like don't know about and I am upset that Polly Murray's name has not is not like a household name. I'm, you know, I'm like devast- I'm honestly devastated that I've literally never heard this person's yeah, name never. before in my life. Let alone had I ever heard that there was a person unnamed yeah. that did these things. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. sometimes you get that too. Yeah, of like, oh, I know this happened, but I don't know that anyone's attached to it. You know, because they might tangentially or mention ju- it in an educational yeah. situation, but they won't want to highlight the actual credit to that. Yeah, and I just that's a, that's a crime. Yeah. So and the fact that one person did all that. Yeah, shit. that's responsible for so many rights that we have today. That as queer people, uh, meaning you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, like that, friends family of ours like people that we know like yeah. cre- like 
queer people, black people everywhere, like this person's presence exists in everyone's life today. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. And we have no idea who this person is. And that is why this is featured on the macabre cast. Yeah. That is why. Because the macabre idea. Yeah. That. That we. That I have quite literally never heard Polly Murray. Reverend Dr. Polly Murray's name. Except for a like minute long TikTok that came up up on my for you page randomly one day and then I did research. A person of color talking, yes or no? No, the actually account run it was by not. a white person. It was. Yes. Oh. Um allies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that that happened and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, there are all of these things." It just goes to show let us all continue to seek out information that is outside of maybe our normal spheres of of information because it's really easy to not look outside of the things that are already existing. And I do want to acknowledge that that comes with a certain amount of privilege of time mm-hmm. because time is a privilege yes. because you have to have the money to have time. Yes, um, that is correct. But... All of that being said, if you have the capability and you're able to, please. <laughs> I'm going to listen. I'm yeah. As soon as I finish Amy Schneider's book, I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. So you should send me the link. I will. Yeah, it is. I'm, again, I'm only partway through their autobiography, but I am planning to continue to listen to it. And if I, if I do end up hearing things that uh, require a correction, I will bring that up uh not on the next episode but on the next one because i plan to finish listening to this really quickly yeah Um, we're also (laughs) like gonna record another episode in between then yes and so yeah some sometimes with release timing and stuff it it's a little you're not like (laughs) you're not hearing things in the same time frame that we're recording yeah so yeah yeah not necessarily always Yeah. yeah but um Thank you both for listening Ugh. to this really Holly, long explanation, but it was needed, and no. I could have said so much more. I and... <laughs> don't want you to downplay anything about it, because it is so important that we hear these stories yes. from beginning to end, Yeah, not cherry-picked. No. And I'm... I am so glad that you told it, and I'm yeah. glad that this is our black history month like episode because what better person to talk about during black history month than polly polly murray who literally was a part of every portion of civil rights and was champion and championing intersectionality at a time where that was a very uncommon concept to be championing right what a beautiful thing yeah fuck and like, please, fuck. like, go listen to Polly's own words on their story because they're, they were very adamant about wanting to write their autobiography, even though they hated writing it, because <laughs> they wanted to tell their story in their own words. Of course, because everyone has the right to tell their own story, yeah. to be their own narrator. Yeah. Jesus. Check out the Polly Murray Center as well. Um, if I am ever in Durham... Uh, which is where the Polymary Center is. Mm -hmm. I want to go visit it (laughs) because it 
would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, they have amazing resources, a whole timeline, a ton of information about their life. Just, yeah. Thank you, Holly. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for that. I enjoyed listening. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, um, what what does everyone want for their cabinet? (laughs) I know. I've actually been trying to think of something while Mm -hmm. you've been talking and, I'm going to take the easy one. Yeah. Taking the autobiography. Nice. Yes. That's a good one. Nice. I think I want one of their, like, I'm going to go real specific. Okay. I'm going to dive super deep. Oh, I forgot to say something about their life, too. Oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> Do you want to say it first? Because it might affect my opinion on what I want for I should. Thing. I should end it here. Okay. I'll, yeah. We're going to cut this, but we're at 96 minutes. Right oh, my now. God. Okay. Jesus. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, I think I'll take um, a crossword puzzle that they did together. That's cute. Like, you know, and like maybe like a letter about it or yeah. like something like that. Yeah. I want to change one, by the way. Oh, shit. I want to change it to one of their letters they wrote to President Roosevelt. Oh, nice. Yes. That's a good one. One of the, like, really salty ones, Yeah, too. they have yeah. some of the letters in the autobiography. Ooh. Or not the autobiography, in the um, documentary. documentary oh, and they were spicy. Okay, I loved it. yes, let's go. Um, this is something that that... Mine is a little bit of a cheat because I'm pulling on information that I forgot to put in my notes. Yeah, what the hell? Um, but I want to put their typewriter... <gasps> Or, like, a cop, a, like, similar typewriter in my cabinet because... Well, remember that these are imaginary cabinets, so it can be, like, the typewriter, okay? okay? Yes. So I want to put the typewriter that they used in my cabinet because in the documentary there was that... And, Shahu, you might have to, like, try it if you can remember the, like, actual phrase that they used for it. Oh, they they called it, um... It was basically what they were saying was like they were they talked about how they liked picking fights using their typewriter. Yeah. Me and Holly were joking a lot after about how they might have loved Twitter. Twitter. Oh yes. my god, yes. They but, would have been in those link like in yeah. those Twitter but chains. They used yeah. like a specific phrase for the it was typewriter. Like inflammatory typewriting or something. Yeah, like and type, I, yeah. something like that. But um I'll have to try and find the phrase and tell you all next time. But we'll I want the, the typewriter. I love that. I love that so much. Awesome. Wow. I love it. Well, Thanks for listening, everyone, today. Do you want to do our thing? I'll just steal some of it, Go at least. It. Yeah. Thanks, it. everyone, for listening. Um, I hope We hope you all enjoyed this topic. I think it's a great one, personally. <laughs> um, um, we, if you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe. I said the right words that yes. time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I did so good. Um, and if you have any th- thoughts, any questions, any things you want to tell us about, if you want to tell us about, you know, the fact that you're living in Scandinavia and listening to an American podcast. I just and have questions. We, we just want to know. <laughs> um, you can contact us on, on our email, themacabcastpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also the, find... It's, it's themacabcastpod at gmail.com. I said themacabcastpod. Yeah. I, I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that it's the at the beginning. Yeah. I said the the. Yeah. But, um... They did. Okay. I did. I just <laughs> I just said it the way I say things where I mumble it a little bit. It's okay. I just yeah, want yeah. to be clear. Yeah. But the Mugabe is what. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Catch and, it if you can. <laughs> oh, shit. But, um, and also if you want to see um, pictures related to this episode, yes. if you want to see the other things, if you want to see updates about like when we're releasing things, you can follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's the same handle, the Macabre Cast Pod. Um, 
no at Gmail, obviously, because it's an Instagram <laughs> handle. But um, yeah. And yeah. we'd like to thank people. We're going to thank me, and that's weird for me to say it. But yes, we're I was Shahri. Gonna... Yeah, thank we you. Can, yeah. Okay, I guess someone else can take that part. <laughs> thank you, Shahri, for being our producer. And thank you to Trainer for mm-hmm. our intro and outro music. As always. And uh, what's in your cabinet? Good night.